Let's turn around and shake hands and fellowship. Welcome our visitors today. of every blessing, the old hymn. Let's do it all together now. 
Set of ushers come forward to receive our offering, and if you are visiting with us today, there is a guest card inside the little packet you were given. If you were, if you would take that, fill it out, and then just drop in the offering plate. We'd appreciate it so much. We'd like to send you some information this week about the church. We want you to get to know us, and we want to get to know you. But we appreciate all of you that are visiting with us today. Just a couple things, very, very quickly. Let me just make mention of. If you were not able to make the faith banquet on Friday night and you want to be a part of faith and you plan on being a part of faith, all we need from you is just to let us know. And if you have been asked to serve on a faith team and you know what team you're going to be on, just take your bulletin, the little tear out part there, just write your name on it and just write down who, uh, what faith team you're going to be on, who has asked you to be on their team. Or if you want to be a part of faith and you have it. Uh, you haven't been assigned to a team, haven't been asked to be on a team, just put your name on there and say, I want to be a part of faith, and we'll put you on a team and whatever there. But we need to get, the, uh, get your names today. We'll be putting the teams together this coming week. And then in the evening service, we'll be recognized all the 
uh, faith learners from the past semester of faith. But if you want to be a part of faith, just let us know today. And then the deacons will meet about 6 o'clock for about 10 minutes tonight. If you'll meet me across the street in the office building, I'd appreciate that. Let's pray now. You give today. Be faithful in your giving. Father, we thank you so much for the grace of God. And Lord, we are prone to wonder and we are prone to leave the God that we love. But take our hearts and seal it and seal it for thy courts above. Bless the offering now in Jesus' name. Amen. asked me to sing a song and he said can you sing thanks this morning I said well that's just one of them things you don't know till you get up there and uh, but you know anytime you want to say thanks to the Lord you know anytime's a good time so so y'all just jump in there with us if you want to
the strength you give to simply carry on through life's toils and tests the worst and best i'm never left alone you're always right beside me you hear me when i pray and since i first began you've been my dearest friend i give you all the praise we're singing thanks Everything's going wrong Even on that mountain His loving presence makes me strong Each and every moment Of each and every day I'm gonna sing and shout Won't let the rocks cry out I give you all the praise We're gonna sing We're gonna sing
the kings from afar, the wedding, the water, the wine. Now it was done, they'd taken her son. Oh, what a heartbreaking time. She knew it was true. She'd watched him die too. She'd heard them call him just a man. But deep in her heart, she knew from the start, somehow her son would live again. Then came the
Picked me up and drew me. 
when I couldn't come where my blessed Jesus was he came to me oh bless the name of Jesus this morning bless his name Let's all stand while these folks are praying down here. And Rick, let's go back and do the course that you did in the very beginning. Thanks. And I know it, Pam, you had to click back and forth there all of a sudden. But I'll tell you something this morning. We have so much to be thankful for. No matter what we're going through and no matter what is happening in our lives, He is worthy of our thanks. And I want us to sing this, and I want you to sing it from your heart. But I want you to do this, not only sing it from your heart, but I want you to sing it to the Lord. Amen? He's the one. He is the object of our thanksgiving. He is the object of our praise. And I want you to give him thanks. As we sing this, sing it to the Lord. And these folks are praying. There might be others that want to come and pray. You're welcome to come. We've said it so many times here before. When we come to church here, we want you to do business with the Lord whether it be at the beginning of the service, in the middle of the service, the end of the service, it makes a matter a hill of beans to me when you do it, just as long as you do business with the Lord. That's why we're here. But as a people today, let's sing to the Lord and let's give Him thanks. Sing this from your heart, will you? For your Yeah. 
I think sometimes it does our heart good just to bow on our knees and just to thank the Lord for what he's done. He does so many things in our lives and we take them for granted. In fact, the Bible tells us that his mercies are new every morning and that he daily loadeth us with benefits. Every day when we got up this morning with so much to be thankful for. But then there's those special things that he does in our life. He saves us. He saves our children. He brings our children back. He saves our loved ones. He meets this need. He gives us grace when we need grace. He touches us when we need a touch from the Lord. He is always there, never leaves us, never forsakes us. In the darkest hour of our lives, when we go through those times when we could not go through them on our own, did he leave us? No, not for one moment. And he was always there to give us just what we needed at every turn in the road, at every moment that we needed it. It's not that life has always been easy, been a lot of hard times, but just when we needed him the most, we always found that standing somewhere in the shadows there was Jesus. There's so much to give him thanks for. One more time. That's what many of these have been doing, just coming. And I know what some of them are coming and thanking the Lord for. He's answered prayer, and he deserves to be thanked. So let's sing it one more time. Then we'll look at God's Word.
Thank you. Just remain standing and take your Bible and turn to Matthew 6, the book of Matthew chapter 6. Aren't you glad this morning that you are saved? Amen. What a wonderful Lord to us. Matthew 6. I'll not take a lot of time, but I have been known to lie once in a while too. Amen. Thinking about first things first. I was amazed when I took my concordance and looked up the word first. And there's a lot of references to first, what should be done first, uh, how we should approach things first and whatever. Last Sunday morning, we thought about doing first what should be done first. And we looked in Luke 9, and we saw three examples. Jesus said, follow me. And one man said, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. But there were two others. And one of them said, Lord, I'll follow you, but first, let me go do this. The second one said, Lord, I'll follow you, but first, let me go do that. And so we thought about how we ought to do first, what we should do first. Now, this morning, I want you to look at Matthew 6, at a very familiar passage of Scripture. In fact, one verse that is very, very familiar. And I want us to think about our first concern, our first Concern. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, the scripture said, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toll not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven... Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What we shall eat, or what we shall drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Thank you. you. May be seated. What should be the thing we're concerned about the most in our life? Let's look at the scripture. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we do come, and our hearts have been blessed. And Father, our hearts have been warmed. And Father, our hearts, in our hearts, we have worshipped you. And we thank you so much for all you've done. Now, Father, we ask you that you might speak to us today. Lord, help us to see what is first. May first things be first in our life as a believer. So give us a word today that will please you and a word today that will help us and we'll thank you and praise you for it is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we ask these things. Amen. Have you ever worried about anything? Have you ever been concerned about anything? I think about a story someone gave me. I think maybe I shared it once before, but I love the story about a young boy that was at camp. 
and a letter that he sent his parents. All you parents will appreciate this letter. It's good to have Brother Trask with us today. He's Sam Mountain Bible Camp. He'll appreciate this letter. But this little boy was at summer camp, and this is the letter that he sent home to his mother. He said, Dear Mom and Dad, we're having a great time here at Lake Typhoid. Scoutmaster Webb, I assume that's Rick Webb, Scoutmaster Webb is making all of us right to our parents in case you saw the flood on TV. We are okay. Only one of our tents and two sleeping bags got washed away. Luckily, none of us drowned because we were all up on the mountain looking for Chad when it happened. Oh, yes, please call Chad's mother and tell her he is okay. He can't write because of the cast. I got to ride in one of the search and rescue jeeps. It was neat. We would have never found him in the dark if it hadn't been for the lightning. Well, Scoutmaster Webb got mad at Chad for going on a hike along without telling anyone. Chad said he did tell him, but it was during the fire, so he probably didn't hear him. Did you know that if you put gas on a fire, the gas can will blow up? Gets the car fixed. It wasn't his fault about the wreck. The brakes worked okay when we left. Scoutmaster Webb said the car that old, you have to expect something to break down. That's probably why he can't get insurance on it. Well, we think it's a neat car. He doesn't care if we get it dirty, and if it's hot, he lets us ride on the tailgate. It gets pretty hot with 10 people in the car. He lets us take turns riding it. He let us take turns riding in the trailer until the highway patrolman stopped and talked to us. Scoutmaster Webb is a neat guy. Don't worry, he's a good driver. In fact, he's teaching Terry how to drive, but he only lets him drive on the mountain roads where there isn't any traffic. All we ever see up there are logging trucks. Well, Scoutmaster Webb isn't crabby like some Scoutmasters. He has to spend a lot of time working on the car, so we're trying not to cause him any trouble. Guess what? We've all passed our first aid merit badges. When Dave dove into the lake and cut his arm, we got to see how a tourniquet works. Also, Wade and I threw up. Scoutmaster Webb said it was probably just food poison from the leftover chicken. Well, I've got to go now. We're going into town to mail our letters and buy bullets. Don't worry about anything. We're fine. Love, Cole. Well, I can imagine a parent getting that kind of letter. But sometimes it's hard not to worry about things. But you know, I've found through the years that most of the things I worried about, there was no reason to worry about them. In fact, there was a study done by the University of Michigan, and it found these facts, that 60% of all of our worries are unwarranted. 60% of the things that we worry about are unwarranted. 20% have already become past activities and are completely out of our control. 10% are so petty that they don't make any real difference of, at all. And of the remaining 10%, only 4 to 5% are real and justifiable. And of the remaining 5%, you can't do anything about half of them. So what they discovered was that only about 2% of the things that we worry about are real. Only about 2% of the things that we're concerned about and really worry about are real, and that 98% of the things that we worry about are a complete waste of time and fruitless. Well, when you think about the matter of worrying and being concerned about matters, in Matthew 6, in the Scripture that I read a moment ago, Jesus addressed the matter of worrying. He spoke about certain concerns of life, and in so doing, he identified and clarified what we should be concerned about the most. He tells us what should be our first concern. I want you to look at the Scripture, and briefly we'll look at today, and there are three things I want you to notice. 
When I look at what Jesus had to say, I find Jesus, first of all, saying something and talking about realizing the lesser concerns. You have our Lord, you hear our Lord speaking about the lesser concerns. Look at verse 25 again. He said, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? In verse 25, Jesus talked about certain things in life. He talked about things that we are most often concerned about. He talked about food, the things that we eat and drink. And he talked about fashion, what we wear. Jesus talked about these two things. And if we're all honest this morning, most of the time, that's what our life is built around. We think about what we're going to eat and drink. We think about what we wear. These become major concerns of our life. But notice what Jesus had to say about them. For one thing, he talked about the anxieties of life. Jesus said in verse 25, notice the statement, take no thought for your life. Jesus said, take no thought for your life. Take no thought for what you eat. Take no thought for what you drink. Take no thought for what you wear. Now, let me just clarify something. Jesus was not saying that we should never think about what we eat and that we should never think about what we drink and that we never should think about what we wear. Jesus is not saying, just drop it, don't ever think about it, don't ever let it cross your mind. That's not what Jesus was saying. You see that phrase there, take no thought? It literally means do not be anxious or do not worry. What Jesus was saying in that statement, take no thought for your life, is that we're not to be so consumed with certain things, such as what we eat and drink and wear, that we worry about those matters. The word uh, thought that Jesus used here and the word worry that he used throughout the Scriptures is a very interesting word. In fact, it comes from two words. It comes from a word that means to divide and a word that means mind. You put the two together and you have the thought of a divided mind. What Jesus is talking about is when things, our life are so wrapped up in things that they begin to tear us apart. And we find ourselves being pulled apart by these things. We're torn in two about these things. Anxiety fills our heart. Jesus said, I don't want you to worry about what you eat. I don't want you to worry about what you drink. I don't want you to worry about what you wear. He talked about the anxieties of life. But second of all, Jesus talked about in verse 25, not only the anxieties of life, but the priorities of life. For notice verse 25 again and the last statement that he made. Jesus asked the question in verse 25, Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Now listen to it again. This is what Jesus said. He said, I don't want you to worry about what you eat. I don't want you to worry about what you drink. I don't want you to worry about what you wear because is not life more than meat? And is not the body more than raiment? This is what Jesus was saying. In verse 25, Jesus says to all of us, stop worrying about, these cer about certain things. Stop worrying about what you drink. Stop worrying about what you eat. Stop worrying about what you wear. Life is more than these things. Jesus is saying what should be a priority in our life is not what we eat and not what we drink and not what we wear, but life itself is to be a priority. Now, all of us think about food. Is that not right? Some of us, some more than others. Can I get an amen right there? And we think about food because it's, it, we have to eat. It's a part of life. And all of us think about what we wear, at least 
Most of us do, amen, right there. But we think about what we wear. It's a part of life. But that's just the point. It is a part of life. It is not life itself. Jesus said, I want you to understand something. There's something in life, there's something that's more important than what you eat and drink and what you wear. He said, is not life more than eating and drinking? Is not life more than what you wear? Jesus is saying that life itself is the priority. Now listen to me this morning. Your life, your existence is a gift from God. And as well, the body in which your life is expressed is a gift of God. Therefore, my life is a priority. What I do with my life is is a priority. What I become in life, how I live my life, my relationship to God, how I use my life to glorify God, how I use my life to please God is more important than what I eat. It's more important than what I drink. It's more important than what I wear. My relationship to God, my, the matter of being ready for eternity, knowing that I am saved, knowing that Christ lives in my life, that's more important than eating and drinking and what we wear. Are you, would you not agree with me this morning? That there's more to life than eating and drinking and what we wear. There is a whole lot more to life. Life itself is more important. But it never ceases to amaze me how people will build their lives around what they have in this life how much more they can have in this life, but yet not one time stop and think about there is an eternity out in front of them. They'll think about what I have, how can I get more, how can I hang on to what I've already got, and not one time stop and think about the fact that there is more to life than what you have. There is a life to come. Jesus said, look, there are some things that are concerns in your life, but they're lesser concerns. There's something more important than that. But look at the second thing in the text. And I find as I listen to our Lord in Matthew 6, not only do I hear him talking about the lesser concerns, but also I find him speaking about remembering the Lord's concerns. Not only realizing the lesser concerns, but he also talks about remembering the Lord's concerns. Beginning in verse 26, Jesus not only talks about our concerns, But he also talks about the Heavenly Father's concerns. He tells us that the things that concern us, now listen, are things that also concerns our Heavenly Father. He tells us that he knows, that our Father knows that we have need of such things and that our Father is concerned about those things being met in our life. Look at what he had to say. You look at the beginning of verse 26, you see that Jesus, first of all, gave some pictures of our Father's care. Beginning in verse 26, Jesus gave two pictures or illustrations of the Father's care. The first illustration that he gave had to do with the fowls of the air or the birds of the air. Verse 26, he said, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Now Jesus said, Behold. Jesus said, Wait a minute, stop, stop. I want you to pay careful attention to those little birds up there in the air. And I can see our Lord standing there pointing up in the sky or maybe over here to a tree. These little old birds on there on the tree are flying in there. And Jesus said, I want you to look at them a morning. I want you to look at them. Pay careful attention to those little birds. Do those little birds sow the seed for the food they eat? Do those little birds reap the harvest? And do those little birds store it in barns so they have food to eat? And the answer obviously is no. 
But Jesus said, yet your heavenly Father, those little birds do not sow the seed, they do not reap the harvest, they do not store that harvest in the barn, but yet your heavenly Father feeds them and takes care of them. I was reading the other day, according to the Almanac, one of the signs of a coming heavy winter is the berry bushes will have more bushes, more berries on them. And the harder the winter is going to be, the more berries there will be on the bushes. You ever stop and wonder why that is? I'll tell you what it is. There's little old birds flying around up there, and your heavenly Father cares about them. The second illustration Jesus gave was not only of the fowls in the air, but of the flowers in the fields. For you read in verse 28, he said, Why take you thought from Raymond? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. I want you to understand, first of all, that Jesus talking about lily. It's not talking about those beautiful lilies that we might think of when we think about a lily. But Jesus is talking about a little flower that was common all over Galilee. Grew out there on the roadsides, grew out in the fields, whatever. It's a little common flower out there in the field. Beautiful little flower. It's a common flower that nobody had any real interest in. The cattle would eat it. People would trample it under their feet. And when it would die, they would harvest it and use it as kindling in the little clay ovens and whatever there. But Jesus told us in Matthew 6, that little old flower out there in the field, a flower that nobody picked and put in their window, a flower that nobody really paid a lot of attention to, didn't have a lot of value, but yet that little flower was important to God. That's what he said in verse 29. He talks about the beauty of the flowers. He said, I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And as Jesus pointed out the beauty of the flower, he said, now, the beauty of that flower and the life of that flower, it didn't depend on their own doing. It didn't depend on their work. They didn't weave their beauty. And the implication was that God was their designer and God was the source of the growth. But here's the picture. Jesus gave the illustration of the fowl in the air and the flowers in the field just to remind us of the Father's care. But then second of all, there was the promise that he gave. Look at verse 30. Wherefore, Jesus said, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast in oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Now, get what Jesus was saying. He, Jesus was saying the flowers of the field, as beautiful they, as they are, they're here today, and they'll wither away and be gone tomorrow. But yet your heavenly Father cares for them. Now, if your heavenly Father would care for a little old common flower in the field that will be here today and wither up tomorrow, how much more does he care for you? Look in verse 26 when he gave the illustrations of the bird. Look at a, a, a wonderful statement there. Verse 26, Jesus asked, Are ye not much better than they? You know what Jesus was saying? That our heavenly Father, he cares for the birds. But you are of greater value than the birds. The little birds in the sky our Father provides for. But I want you to understand something today, Jesus said, that you are of more importance to God than those birds. Let me ask you this. Is there something in your life you're worried about? Is there something in your life you are concerned about? Are you concerned about maybe the things Jesus talked about? Are you concerned about maybe some other thing that is going on in your life? Then I want to remind you what Jesus said. Jesus reminded us in Matthew 6 that our heavenly Father cares for us. And the things that concern us, they're also of concern to the heavenly Father. 
And when we are bothered about things, our Heavenly Father is very, very observant of all the things we're going through and what touches my life touches the heart of my Heavenly Father. What do you do? You put it in the hands of God. That's why Jesus said in verse 30, Oh, ye of little faith. Jesus saying, don't worry about of those things that, are, that bother you and are concerning to you. He said, put these things in the Father's hand. Your heavenly Father cares for you. You believe that this morning? Say amen. amen. He cares. Is there, again, is there something bothering you? Are you worried about something going on in your life now? Worried about something going on in your life tomorrow? Jesus said, I want you to know this. Your heavenly Father cares for you. I remember reading the story of a ship that was sailing from Liverpool, England to New York. And the captain of the ship carried his family with him on this particular journey. About midway across the Atlantic, the ship found, themself, found itself in a terrible storm. Well, the captain's little girl, she was about eight years old. She was below deck, and the storm woke her up. And when she woke up, she raised up and looked at her mother and said, What's the matter? And the mom said, We're in a terrible storm. And then the little girl said, Is father on deck? And the mother said, Yes, father's on deck. Little girl laid her head back down on the pillow and went to sleep. I want you to listen to me this morning. The father's on deck. Are you listening to me? There may be things that come in our life, and we may be worried about these things. We may be concerned about these things. But I want you to know your heavenly Father's on deck, and your Father cares about what you're going through, and He cares about what touches your life. Oh, you little faith, put it in the hands of God. He cares for you. Can you give Him praise for that? Amen. God is on the deck. There is the concern, remembering our Lord's concern. But the third and the final thing. The third thing that Jesus talked about was not only realizing the lesser concern, that food and fashion, they're not what's important in life. There's a whole lot more important in life than those things. Your life itself is important. And don't ever forget that we do worry about things, but remember, your Father cares. But then Jesus spoke about recognizing the larger concern. In verse 33, he gave us one of the most familiar statements in all the Bible. Look at it. Matthew 6, 33. Jesus said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, here it is. Jesus has been talking about the things that concern us in life. He's been talking about the things that we are most often concerned with, the things that we worry about the most, food and fashion. And he's reminded us that our Father knows that these are needs in our life, and our Father cares about you. But Jesus said, I want you to understand something. The first concern in your life ought to be this. The first thing you ought to be concerned about, and the main thing you ought to be concerned about, is seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Look at the statement. You notice, first of all, the object of our seeking. Jesus tells us that we're to seek two things. One, we're to seek the kingdom of God. That is, we are to seek the reign of God in our life. Talks about the kingdom of God. A kingdom has a king. And so he's telling us that the first thing we ought to do and the first concern of our life, there are many concerns in our life. There are concerns like Jesus talked about. How are we going to eat? How are we got to work to provide, buy food and things like this? We're concerned about what we wear. But Jesus said, first and foremost... The thing you ought to be concerned about first is whether or not Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. 
Whether or not you have put God first in your life. Is God first in your life? The second object he talked about was seeking not only his reign, but his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God said, Jesus said, the thing that ought to be first, the, the thing that ought to be the first concern in your life is whether or not one, is he ruling in your life? And two, are you living a life that glorifies him and pleases him more than anything else? In other words, Jesus said the spiritual is much more important than the physical. Jesus said the spiritual is much more important than the material. Jesus said the spiritual is much more important in the secular. He said, seek it first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That word seek there, the tense of it means it is to be a habitual and a lifelong pursuit in your life. That's the object of our seeking, that we're to seek first his reign and his righteousness. Notice the order of our seeking. Again, I emphasize, he tells us to seek God's reign and to seek God's righteousness in our life. But how would you seek it? What part is it to be in our life? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the righteousness of God. Do you know what the larger concern of life is? I listen to me this morning. We're going to be going in a few moments. Are you listening to me today? Are you listening to me? You know what's most important in your life? You know what should be the first concern in your life? It's not what you eat. It's not what you drink. And it's not what you wear. The first concern in your life should not be what you have or how much more you can get. The first concern in your life is your relationship to God. That'll be the first thing that, the first thing that you seek in your life. We're to put Jesus first in our life. Now let me ask a question this morning. How do we know what is first in our life? You might say, Brother Ken, how do you determine what is first? Can I give you a, a way for you to know what's first in your life? Do you really want to know what's first in your life? We ought to, the first thing, our first concern, the first thing you ought to worry about, if I can put it that way, and the first thing you ought to be concerned about is the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Well, you say, Brother Ken, how do we determine what is first in our life? I'm going to give you a way you can know, if you'll be honest with yourself, you'll leave today knowing whether or not God's first in your life. It's very, very, very simple. What concerns you the most? What do you think about the most? What do you worry about the most? What, do you what are you concerned about the most? Is it a job? Is it a hobby? Is it a career? Is it a house? Is it a car? Is it a boat? Is it what Jesus talked about, what you eat, drink, and what you wear? Or is it being faithful to God's house on Sunday? When Sunday comes around, do you find that going to church is a settled matter? It's not a matter you think about. It's not an issue that you even, even crosses your mind. You don't even think about it. You're going to church. That's a habit in your life. That's a priority in your life. Or do you find yourself decided, well, I don't believe I'll go to church today. I believe I'll go down here. Or I've been invited over here, so I believe I'll go over there. And somebody might say, but preacher, you can't expect me to go to church every Sunday. It's my day of rest. And my answer to that is, I'm not expecting you to do anything. God is. And by the way, just to, for your information, Sunday is not your day. It's the Lord's day. So I'm not putting any restrictions on your Sunday. God is. But, when, but take the matter of being faithful to the house of God. When it comes, let me, ask, let me meddle for a moment. When it comes to the matter of giving, you want to know what's first in your life? Do you struggle with giving what God asks you to give, or do you find yourself thinking, you know, I'm doing all right now, and 
10%. This is what 10% of my income would be. That's a large amount of money. I don't guess anybody in the church would give that much. So I'm going to give, a, give something, but I don't know that I'll go as far as giving all of that, giving 10% of it. Do you find yourself struggling with that issue? Do you find yourself at times spending and buying things and spending the portion that belongs to God, or, or is it a priority in your life? You don't know what's first in your life? Does God have a place in your life, or does he have preeminence in your life? Does the things of God come first in your life, or do you find yourself easily putting something else before what God wants you in your life? Does serving God, living for God, pleasing God mean more to you than anything else in life? Or is there other things that mean more to you? You don't know what's first in your life? Ask yourself and be honest, what do I think about the most? What am I concerned about the most? I want to tell you what Jesus said. Jesus said, your first concern, your first concern. Now, all these other things are concerns. They are. What we eat, what we drink, homes and jobs and careers. Jesus is not condemning those things. He said, the Heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. He knows this is part of life. But Jesus said, the first concern of your life ought to be, am I first in your life? Do you have a relationship to me? What, well, let me ask you this. What if you lived your life for what you could get and you ended up having a job that paid you a half a million dollars a year, you had the nicest home on Missionary Ridge, and you had everything you wanted, but you died and went to hell. What good would all that do you? There's something more in life that's more important than what we have and what we do. It's our relationship to God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he gave us that promise, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, I'm going to submit to you folks, that's the best deals that have been offered to you. That's the best deals that have been offered to you. Because you know what we do? We worry about getting more, and then we get it, we worry about how we're going to keep it. We worry about getting this, and then once we get it, we worry about how we're going to pay for it. You know what I'm talking about? And we worry about getting more and how we're going to keep it and how we're going to hang on to what we got. Jesus made you this deal. He said, you put me first in my life and I'll see to it that every need in your life is met. Jesus said, you seek me first, you put me first, you let me rule in your life, you live a life that pleases me and I will see to it that your every need is met in life. Now, you can't beat a deal like that. So why worry about all those things? Just serve God and put God first in your life. Honor Him, and He'll see to it that your life is taken care of. In other words, it's like this. First things first. The first thing in your life, the first thing that ought to matter to you today is not getting out at 12 o'clock. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. If you don't say amen right, we may be here at 1 o'clock. Say amen. amen. All right, that's better. Amen. First thing in your life, the first and the, those, the thing you ought to be concerned about more than anything else in the world is am I putting God first in my life? Let's stand our feet.